Hi everyone, welcome to the Lightroom. I'm Chisum, if you don't know already. And I especially, especially, especially welcome you here to my YouTube channel. <laughs> it feels so surreal. If you have not already subscribed, please subscribe before I go on. I'm begging you, subscribe, subscribe, okay? Subscribe. All right. So um, I also want to thank everyone for the love so far on our introductory video I posted a while ago. And also on our newsletters, our podcast, it's been it's been amazing the support I've received, the feedback I've gotten. Thank you so much for everything. I also want to especially appreciate my team at the Lightroom. You guys have been so supportive and we've come this far because of everyone's efforts. Thank you guys. And I want to appreciate the person behind the setup, my amazing friend Chica of Lotus Media. Thank you so much, Chica. <laughs> Thank you so much. So today I'm going for the juggler. Right, <laughs> this topic we are addressing today. I know you've asked this question before. You may have whispered it to yourself. You may have, you know, asked someone. You may have searched it on Google. I mean, it's amazing the kind of things people search on Google, including me. <laughs> Sometimes I, you know, search things like the spelling of a common word before I'll go and spell it wrongly outside and embarrass my mother and father but i know we all search for you know weird things important things serious questions and i'm addressing one of those questions today so the question is how far is too far i know you have asked it and some of you are happy to hear this but then we ask these questions majorly because you know we want to know there's some things that are not really clearly addressed in scripture Things like partying. Okay, partying is addressed in, in some context. But things like smoking, there's no scripture specifically that says, Chisholm chapter 1 verse 1, do not smoke, do not vape. There are no scriptures that say, oh, um, you can kiss your boyfriend, you cannot kiss your boyfriend. There are no explicit scriptures on that. And here at Lightroom, I, I explained in the introductory video that we are here to shine light in gray areas. Just give you direction to answer these questions for yourself so on today's video specifically i'm going to be addressing questions around kissing cohabiting pregnancy outside of marriage all of that that entire sphere i'm going to be addressing that today so quick checks before we continue there are just some things you need to consider before you ask the question how far is too far Number one, why are you asking? This is not even a rhetoric question. Like, I really want to know why are you asking the question? Many times we are so caught up in wanting to do, not wanting to do something. And we just get carried away and we don't really know our reasons why. Why do you want to know the answer to that question? Why are you asking in the first place? Why do you want to smoke why do you not want to smoke why do you want to go abroad why don't you want to go abroad things like that so knowing your reason for asking this question knowing your reason for wanting to do this thing right is really important at the end of the day your motive as a believer is is primary what is pushing you to do this thing what's the inspiration behind this thing so knowing the answer to the question why would help you evaluate your options better it would help you 
just have a better perspective to things. So why? Why are you asking? Just note it down and be honest with yourself. You know, many times I want to whine ourselves and say, oh, I'm asking for the glory of God. I want to know what the Lord wants me to do. Yeah, yeah, I want to believe you. But you alone know what is going on in your mind. So be honest with yourself. Be sincere. Why am I asking? Do I want to validate what I'm already doing? Do I really want to know what God's will is? Or do I just want to have a feel of what other people are doing? Your your answer is really important. Then secondly, who am I asking? As I said, we we have, you know, put a lot of burden on Google, innocent Google, right? We ask, we ask Google a lot of questions. We have no business asking Google. You're not feeling fine and you go to Google. And then by the time you put in your symptoms and you search for it, Google will tell you you have ovarian cancer. You have two days to leave. And you too, you'll be scared because, <laughs> I mean, that's what you found on Google. Google is not your doctor. And most times when you now go to your doctor, you find out that, oh, maybe you needed a warm expellent or something really minor or something you thought was minor was major. So my point is Google is not your doctor. In the same way, there are some people you have no business questioning. There are some places that as a believer, you have no business seeking answers from. It's the same way you will not ask your German lecturer to grade your Yoruba assessment test. It's the same way a believer has no reason to ask, you know, unbelieving circles, as it were, for opinions on matters concerning your faith. We just don't share the same base values. We don't have the same belief systems. For the believer, your actions are rooted in the fact that you have been saved by the life of Jesus. The life and the death of Jesus has brought you into Christianity, has brought you into the family of God. So your value systems are just automatically different from the average person. So you need to always find out who am I asking this question? Like, is this person the best fit for this? And even when you ask your faves, right? Your leader in church, your pastor, your trusted Christian friend. Even when you ask these people questions or for you ask them for guidance on something, you need to realize that the man of God is still a man. The woman of God is still a woman. So they have their own human limitations and opinions that may not always align with God's will for you. And I want to believe that the people you're asking have your best interests at heart, but still the word of God should serve as your anchor, right? If your trusted friend or your trusted leader says A and the word of God says A plus, it is A plus over A because the word of God is our standard for measurement. So now does this Things have been said now that I've shared these things with you. I still have some more. <laughs> I still have some more. Because these topics are slightly controversial. We have a lot of differing views, even within the Christian body. But it's it's a case where I want you to just see what you should know and then you make a decision for yourself. All right. Other things you should know is one, your life. Okay, this is not one. Three. <laughs> your life is no longer your own. Second Corinthians 5.15 puts it this way, that he died for us. That we now, who now live should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us and was raised again. So Jesus died the death you were supposed to die for, your sin. 
right? He paid the sacrifice for our sins. He brought us forgiveness. He brought us into the family of God. So now that we have received the life of Jesus, you're not just um, a random person. For me, I'm not just Chisum. That is Chisum. I am Chisum that has been bought with a price. So my life is now in in obedience to my Lord. Do you really know what it means to call Jesus your Lord and Savior? Like it's it's ironic to say um, no to your Lord because a Lord literally commands the affections in your life. You are subject, as it were, to your Lord. And we have a loving father, thank God. We have a father that really cares about us. I mean, he died for us before we even knew that we needed salvation. So how much more guiding us on little things in our lives? So you should trust that God has your best interests at heart. The boundaries he sets in his word, the boundaries he sets in your heart through your conscience are enough for you. So trust that God has your best interests at heart in curtailing you from certain things, right? Another thing you need to know is your conscience is such a strong guide. Many people water down the effect of your conscience. And I, I can understand that because you're confused. Is this the Holy Spirit speaking? Is this my conscience? Is this a random thought? But for you as a believer, the Holy Ghost resides on your inside. And as long as you give him room to operate, he purifies your conscience. So many times, the answer to a particular question you are asking is not straightforward, but your conscience can guide you. So it it may be a case where, for instance, um, you want to do something and then the word of God does not have a clear cut instruction on that thing. Society does not have, you know, a clear cut standpoint on that thing, but then you just don't feel comfortable doing that. You don't just feel it's right. And that's enough. That's a solid enough reason not to do it because your conscience is not comfortable. What, what, what you do to yourself when you go against your conscience is that you're searing your conscience. You are, in a sense, hardening your heart. And it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. Allow your conscience, purified by your spirit, lend a voice of reasoning to you. Your conscience is so important. Then the last thing I would share for this is boundaries. Guys, I can't overestimate how or over exaggerate how important this is. A life without boundaries is a life of imprisonment because you're subject to everything that you are interested in, everything that you like, everything that brings you pleasure in one form of the or in one form or the other is able to hold you captive. But certain boundaries in your life, saying that I wouldn't do this thing just because is a way to train your human spirit, saying that I wouldn't go this far. Just because I want to honor God, just to do something extra in honor of God is honorable, is is a good thing. It's something that you should imbibe into your life. Be a person that has boundaries. Boundaries give you a good reputation. Do you know? There are times where because of the boundaries you set in your life and you've gotten used to, people can speak for you. People can hear a rumor and say, ah, no, she won't do that because she just doesn't do that. Right. So it's important. Be, be a principled person, right? It it would save you a lot. Set boundaries and be clear 
about them there's something about being clear about boundaries that keeps you away from trouble when your friends already know or your colleagues already know that you wouldn't do something they won't just invite you right they will not talk about those things around you and in a sense you're saving yourself from temptations okay great so first things first cohabitation (laughs) it's so normal in our world today it's 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 normal you see it in every movie you see it happen even around you before this was just a movie concept but now it's so popular right people living together before getting married like when you watch it in a movie it doesn't even okay anymore because i mean it's normal and for me i i don't i wouldn't say i watch a lot of movies but there are times where i just you know take a break and i want to watch a series a series is it a series or a serial movie there are times where i take a break and i just want to watch a movie and i opt for korean movies right um apart from the fact that some of them are really cheesy they really have great storylines i'm not gonna lie they have great storylines and there's this one i was watching particularly i really enjoyed the backstory and everything but i just realized how when the scene started um first of all their entire relationship began by one night stand (laughs) and it was the way they played it out it was so cute you know um they didn't talk to each other for like three years and after three years they met each other they were all shy you know and then a budding romance began and all of that uh yes so watching it it was cute to watch but then i just thought about it and i'm like as cute as this thing looks on camera it's it's not right especially for the believer why is cohabitation not right because i said it straight up (laughs) i gave you an answer it's not right why is it not right for the believer one if you're cohabiting with your partner and i don't mean like cohabiting with any random person right i mean we cohabit with our families we cohabit with friends i'm talking about cohabiting with someone you're in a romantic relationship with right alone it's not like oh there's a situation and you are living with the person's family for a period or something like that no both of you intentionally decided to live on your own before getting married that's what i'm referring to and it's wrong why because it sets the ground for a lot of temptations really god's stance on premarital sex is clear god designed sex to be within the confines of marriage and when you cohabit together you're just you know setting a trap for yourself especially if you're saying you don't want to have premarital sex or if you say that you're setting a trap for yourself because this is someone you're attracted to i don't believe you're dating somebody that you're not attracted to because i don't i don't know where to start from on that you should date someone you're physically attracted to right speaking in tongues does not um mean you would have a beautiful relationship right of course you should look for the spiritual aspects of a person's life you should look for their good patterns and all of that but you should be physically attracted to them it's it's important i can't spell out i can't spell that out so much it's it's really important so if you're cohabiting with someone you're physically attracted to you're just you know putting a lot of pressure on yourself because you wake up you see this person you feel some type of way in your body like 
your hormones are just raging and then this person is right there all the conditions are perfect the lights are dim that's when nature will know that it wants to bring a downpour and it will start raining then maybe you guys were watching a very cool movie together all the you know scenarios are just right all the situations are just right you 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 are putting yourself in a tight corner and it's not proper before you know it you would do things that you thought you were not ready for you do things that you could have sworn that you wouldn't do so it's risky you shouldn't do it it's not it's not right and then if you are cohabiting as a believer having premarital sex and you know it's there's no easy way to say it and there's no reason to sugarcoat it's not god's will that's not what god wants for you and i know that you may have legit concerns maybe concerned if i don't cohabit with this person what's my guarantee that i would have a loving relationship how can i tell that this person will not piss me off when we get married how will i tell that this person can satisfy me sexually when we are married and these are just questions that genuinely burden people's hearts but the answer to these questions don't lie in cohabiting first of all the whole myth or excuse of sexual compatibility is baseline funny <laughs> because what if you cohabit with one person and then you guys are not sexually compatible then you cohabit with another person you cohabit with another person at the end of the day you cohabit with like 100 people so you find the 100 and once or the plus one sure, <laughs> that is now finally compatible with you like what does that do to your emotions sex as god designed it is supposed to be vulnerable and intimate it's not something you want to share with everybody you date because the truth is you 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 may not marry the first person you date especially if the person's a red flag i i love this red dress by the way but you may not marry the first person you date and that's fine but you don't want to keep having pockets of intimacy with several people it, it does something on your mind because when you see this person outside especially when you've broken up with this person you now start remembering memories you had with this person hope this person will not talk about it you know or just be sharing my gist with other people so you wouldn't just have things to compare if you don't cohabit for instance you've had like eight sexual partners in your past it, it, the the discipline it would take to not compare those partners with your current partner is a lot and it's something you can avoid it's unfair to put that kind of pressure on a relationship based on your past experiences there are just many cons of cohabiting but the first one is that it's not god's will for you and there's just a question I was, I've, I've been thinking about lately what if in your cohabiting you have a child with this person and then both of you separate i mean i've seen several cases where people are single parents and they make the best lives for their children but i can tell you freely that it's it's incredibly more difficult raising a child as a single parent than it is raising a child within the concept of a family within the, the concept of two present parents you don't want to to be selfish to a child that is unborn right there are just several several things to consider 
but the baseline is it is not god's will for you and if you're watching this you're listening to this and you are in that situation i want you to know that it's not a case where god looks at you some type of way or condemns you for anything god truly understands our weaknesses I mean, he came and he lived with us as a man. He was hungry the way we are hungry. He was thirsty. He was tired. He was anxious and afraid when at the point of death. So God understands what it feels to be human. But still, this is not God's will for you, right? And if you need help, speak to someone you trust. Speak to someone in the church. It's not easy walking away from a relationship you should walk away from. It's not easy drawing boundaries in a relationship on your own. But by all means, leave the situation, okay? And last thing I'll say on cohabiting is, you may want to say, ah, but all these people that cohabit on TV, they are happy now. They have happy marriages. What is them IG couples? Uh... I would say for sure that they don't have happy marriages, but then what you are seeing is what they are projecting. You don't know the insecurities that exist in that relationship. You don't know the peculiar situations they've had to fight because of things that, you know, they they walked into in their relationship. Now I'm referring about I'm referring to premarital sex and cohabiting. You really don't know the struggles that these people go through. All you know is what you can see, is what they project to you. And even if they are truly, deeply happy, they have no insecurities in the world, they are just perfect, you are different. You have a different life. The life you have is the life that Jesus gave to you. It is okay to not do something just because it's not pleasing to God. Am I saying that everything you do that is pleasing to God will be pleasing to you? Of course not. <laughs> no, it's not always, you know, convenient to, to follow God's will for your life, for it is worth it. The commendation of God is better than the appraisal of men. It's better than societal, you know, acceptance. So cohabiting is not God's will for the believer. Yes, I said what I said. <sighs> okay. <laughs> the next I'm going to address is on kissing in relationships. Popular question. In fact, when I was preparing for this episode, I just said, let me, you know, look through certain blogs I had read before. And I was just seeing how many people really ask this question. I feel like almost every Christian dating couple has asked this question. And as I said, there's no explicit scripture that says, oh, Jesus chapter one, verse two, don't kiss your partner. It's not explicitly stated in scripture. In fact, the entire concept of dating as it is today didn't really exist in scripture, right? It's just a different construct. Dating in our time is more structured. It's more focused on certain things. You you, you know, your choice comes to play even more than in those times in scripture. But we have certain principles that are the same. First of all, God stands on premarital sex in the Bible times and God stands on premarital sex today at the same. It doesn't change. God stands on lust and you fleeing all appearances of lust in scripture and God stands on that today is the same, right? So while there's no, you know, explicit instruction to do or not to do, there are some things that should help you answer that question. First, as I said before, why? 
why why do you want to kiss this person i know it's a funny question to ask but ask it you know why why can't it wait do you understand if you're doing it now to what extent there's something pastor Laji said a few years ago and it just makes so much sense how the more you go physically the more you want to go because sex is beautiful it's it's designed to please your entire body and different things build up to that desire so candid advice just water down on as many physical things as you can before you get married especially when you're dating for a long time i mean you're dating for five years and week one Your journey is long. <laughs> Your journey is very, very long. I'll just advise, water down on as many things as you can. And then have guardrails. If you find yourself feeling guilty, thinking about the idea of, of kissing your partner, that's that's your conscience speaking to you. And it's not the time to argue it is wrong, it is not wrong. It's the time for you to have a conversation with your partner. This is how I feel about this. Can, can we wait? This is how I don't feel about it. Like, have a decent conversation with your partner about it. Because, as I said earlier, it's enough reason to not do a thing just because your conscience doesn't agree. If you feel guilty and ashamed for, for doing something that may, may not be entirely wrong or is not, like, explicitly explicitly spelled out as wrong in scripture or even society because elf people have differing views if you're just not comfortable it's okay it's okay you don't have to you know fight it all right it's okay especially if you are in a relationship where you are looking to marriage i mean you shouldn't be in a relationship that is not serious don't waste your time it's too much emotional investment to be setting up yourself for breakfast don't do it <laughs> but seriously if you're in a loving relationship that's tilting towards marriage you want to pace things a bit you want to you know take things slow you have the rest of your lives to enjoy yourselves and as i said if it makes you feel ashamed maybe you just don't want to go ahead honestly you can wait your conscience is so important you don't want to have to sear your conscience every time every time to do something <laughs> so as well if you and your partner have had sexual pasts, maybe both of you have been sexually active before, either together or separately, and then you're now in a relationship, you want to honor God in this relationship, it may help to cut down all these things. It would help to cut down things like oh, being in the same space for extended periods of time, no, no accountability to anyone, like no one knows where you guys are, meeting up late at night you know it helps to just strip off all these things to to focus on your purity journey as a couple it's it's important just see it as an act of honor to god do you understand so at the end of the day let this be guidelines for you to answer your question if you can truly say that you you don't feel guilty about this you don't think it is wrong you and your partner are fine you, you don't feel ashamed like if somebody should walk in on you people you won't feel some type of way <laughs> these are things to just consider and then you make your decision but at the end of the day remember to honor god in all your decisions remember your conscience is really important and then remember to seek accountability because with physical things they can go from zero to hundred real quick so that's what i would say on the kissing topic 
The last thing I would address in this video is pregnancy outside of marriage, which is also common in society today. We even give it fine names, baby mama, is it baby dada now, what they call baby dada, sugar daddy, I don't know. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> but society gives it cute names, right? But is it God's design? This one is actually a bit clearer because how does pregnancy happen? Pregnancy happens when sperm fertilizes the egg. Abby, how did sperm get to the egg? Sex, naturally. By natural means, that happens by sex. And where does God, where and when does God want you to have sex? Within the confines of marriage. So pregnancy out of God's, uh, pregnancy outside of marriage, especially when it's, it is intentional, is not God's will. Because you would have to engage in premarital sex to get pregnant outside of marriage, right? So it's not God's will. And this is not to be insensitive to people who out of you know it, it wasn't within their control that they got pregnant or they they just were in a phase or one thing led to the other like i i i can't say i perfectly understand because i've not been in that situation but i can imagine how that feels for you at the end of the day Everything has happened and you have a child now. You have to think about the welfare of your child. You have to think about the growth of that child, which is really important. But still, God wants you to be taken care of. God wants you to, you know, raise that child in the best way possible because children are still a gift from God. All right. So if you're in that situation or you're currently even pregnant now as you listen to me, I don't want you to feel like all hope is lost. I mean, you are alive. You have a child coming to the world. You have the opportunity to raise a whole human being in the way of, in the, way of the Lord. It's something that God honors. God really honors the concept of family. And even if things happen outside of your control, you have an opportunity to raise a person and raise a person right. So I want you to, you know, not do this alone. I know it may be hard to find people that don't really judge you, but trust me that there are people out there that wouldn't judge you, people that would understand where you're coming from and will be able to help you. You can find these people in a good local assembly. You can find these people within your family, right? And if it's been hard for you to find people like this, I pray for you genuinely that you would meet people that would genuinely love you, that would genuinely take care of you and your born child or even your children that are with you presently, okay? That's my genuine desire for you. But if you are here also thinking about the idea, dabbling about the idea, I'm telling you straight up, it's not God's will for you to intentionally get pregnant outside of wedlock. It's not honorable to God that you do that intentionally because you are, you are engaging in premarital sex intentionally so it's it's not it's not proper god doesn't expect that from you and then some people may want to say oh but i want a child and i don't want to get married it's fine if you don't want to get married i mean not everyone would get married at the end of the day that's that's just the candid truth right and for different reasons but you need to ask yourself why don't i want to get married right is it because of past hurts 
And I'm, I'm saying that because what the devil does is he tries to take advantage of our situations to rob us of further good, right? So you've been hurt in your past and now because you're hurt, you, you lock up yourself from love and all the good things that can come with a godly loving relationship, right? I, I want you to, you know, not close up yourself from the idea of a good relationship. And it's not something to rush, right? But I just want you to see that God wants you to be happy, honestly. And then if you don't want to get married still, it's not because of any insecurity. It's not because of any other reason. You just don't want. It's it's also fine. But don't be the person that wants to eat their cake and have it. Ugh. Choose one. <laughs> if you don't want to get married, don't get married. If you want to have a child without getting married, adopt a child. I mean, there are so many children that need parental love and care. You can adopt one. You don't need to go all the way to um, say you want to get pregnant and then have a child, take care of the child. In the end, you need to consider that in doing that, you are raising a child without the presence of a father intentionally. And I, I know you may not think it's a selfish thing to do, but there's a reason why they are two parents, right? Th there's only so much you can give from your end. Every child needs a present father and a present mother. And as long as it's within your control, try not to alter that balance. Okay. So that that's that's the much I would say. I know some of the things I've said raise questions, but feel free to reach out to me. Um share your questions. If there's something you want me to throw more light on, I could do a follow-up episode. But at the end of the day, remember some things that I have said already. Let it be that the word of God is your standard for judgment. It's your standard for measurement. Let it be that you're asking this question, how far is too far for the right reasons? And at the end of the day, realize that your entire life is and should be for the glory of God. It's been amazing being on this episode with you. My name is Chisum Asona. I may not be a son by the time this video is released, but my name is Chisum, by the way. And it's been a pleasure being your host here at the Lightroom. Stick around for our next episode to be released very soon. If you have not already subscribed, I want you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's still so surreal saying this, but I want you to subscribe. I want you to click the notification bell so you get notifications when we go life and i want you to just follow up with us as much as we can ask me questions send me email and i'll respond as soon as i can thank you all for listening this far have a great rest of your day whatever time it is bye